Let's turn our Bibles again to the book of Acts tonight, Acts chapter number 18, Acts 18, and the music is always good, but it was really good tonight. Uh, thank you, orchestra, uh, for all of your hard work. I, was, I enjoyed that, and uh, you could even do that in a tent, I tell you, uh, and uh, you know, I just, you can keep your praise and worship music, you can keep your praise band, you can keep all of that stuff, uh, I'll take the real thing, uh, don't mess with my music. That's not what I'm preaching on tonight, but I could. Acts chapter number 18, and uh, if you have paid any attention to uh, my preaching uh, for any length of time, uh, you know I'm a pretty patterned person when it comes to my preaching. As a matter of fact, you can tell me how many main points I usually have in my message very good. Tonight, I have six points in my message, and I know some of you, you even count me down, okay, he's at number two, he's at number three, he's at number four. Tonight, we have six, and so I do not want to let that discourage you. I just didn't want you to get up and walk out after number four because you thought I was done. I will move pretty quickly through the first five and number six is the truth and the point I want to drive home. And so I'll move pretty quickly, uh, but I wanted to go ahead because I very rarely, and it's not, uh, it's not something that uh, you have to do this way. I mean, everybody knows that uh, when God speaks, he speaks in fours. And so that's just the way, that's the reason why I outline my message that way. But uh, it's just the way my brain thinks anyway. But um, so tonight I wanted to give you a heads up on that, but uh, we'll look at Acts chapter number 18 and the end of the chapter, starting with verse number 24, we refer to this passage of scripture uh, last Sunday morning, if my memory is correct, uh, but tonight we want to look at it once again, Acts chapter 18 and verse number 24, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren rode, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. We referred to this last Sunday morning, as I mentioned just a moment ago, in the context of Aquila and Priscilla, and how they helped Apollos. But tonight, I want to look at this passage of Scripture and not look at it uh, from uh, the viewpoint of Aquila and Priscilla, uh, but look at this man named Apollos. And if you notice in verse number 24, the Bible says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Tonight, I've entitled this message, A Certain Jew Born at Alexandria. A certain Jew born in Alexandria. There's a few truths, there's a couple of really uh, important truths that I want us to get tonight 
Uh, one I'll bring out in the introduction, and one, as I already mentioned to you, the last point of my outline tonight, uh, I want to drive it home that are, that, are, that are very, very important. So I want us to look at this passage of Scripture in a certain Jew born of Alexandria. Father, I pray tonight that the message will be a help to us. The music has already stirred our hearts. It's already been a blessing to our souls. Uh, it has edified us. It has strengthened us. But Father, we come to the preaching of the Word of God, and as you have so many times reminded us through Scripture, uh, nothing uh, replaces the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, it is your method to help us, to strengthen us, to stir us. And Father, I pray uh, that tonight's message will be a, uh, just that for us, and I pray that you'll bless our time together tonight. Uh, may it be a help. May it strengthen us. For it's in, your, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have this man named Apollos, and the Bible tells us, and it's the title of our message, he was a certain Jew uh, named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Alexandria was a center, if you will, of culture in that day. It was a uh, center of ideas and education, and uh, if you study Alexandria out, much of uh, some, some very bad things have, has come from Alexandria and that place in Egypt. And there are many Jews who were in this city. And the Bible is quick to point out that this man was born there. He was born in Alexandria. And he, in, that, in Alexandria, he was exposed to the culture. He was exposed to the false teaching. He was exposed to the pagan ideas. As a Jew, he was not, uh, it was not his native land, if you will. Uh, this is where he was from. This is where the Jews, many Jews were. And so he was exposed to all that was in Alexandria. Uh, he was uh, exposed to the uh, pressures that would come with that. He was in the education system that was there. And uh, he would uh, look at everything that was there. But I find something interesting, and we're going to look to it in just a moment. Uh, you find out how schooled he was in the Scriptures. You find out how dedicated he was to the Word of God, even in that culture. And I want to remind all of us uh, this morning, he, uh, this evening, he didn't reject the teaching that he got. He embraced it. Uh, he was born in a culture, and I hear that so many excuses today. Well, it's just different in the day we live in. It's just different in the year that we are. Uh, friend, I'm glad I wasn't born in Alexandria. There's, there, there's things here that we're exposed to. You and I don't have to embrace. You and I don't have to, to hang on to. And it tells me that there were, if, there, if there were many Jews there, and there were, God takes the moment to point out a certain Jew because he was different. How many times have Christians said, well, this is just the way it is, so uh, therefore I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm just going to embrace this world, and, and, I don't, and it's just too overwhelming. But uh, here is a man, a certain Jew, uh, who was born in this place, and he was uh, certain uh, in the fact that God used him. God wanted you and I to know about him tonight. He wants you and I to know that there was a Jew that was, that was set apart. There was a Jew that was used in a greater way than all of the other Jews. And this is, this is one truth that I want you and I to remember tonight. It doesn't matter what circumstances you were born in. It doesn't matter what kind of a home you were born in. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, pressures that you face. You can be a good Christian. You can be separated from this world. And the reason why some Christians are unknown, if you will, it's because uh, they have not dedicated themselves to the things that they should be dedicated to. 
we find a certain Jew born in Alexandria. We know his name was Apollos. I'll jump into the outline tonight because I know you're anxious for me to get started since we have so much to get to tonight. I want you to just go through the scripture and, and see what we find about this certain man, this certain Jew born of Alexandria. We find, first of all, he was an eloquent man. Let me say, first of all, tonight he used his talents for the Lord. Some people uh, ha have a gift of talking. Um, I'll just leave that there. Um, but they, he was eloquent. He was not just, that, that, that word eloquent is not just implying that uh, he was a man who liked to hear himself talk. He had a skill. He had a training. He was very well spoken. He used that for the right things. And that's a good example for you and I tonight, it, 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 for, for God to use us, for God to uh, separate us, if you will, for us to uh, be somebody used of God, use your talents for the Lord, uh, use your abilities for the Lord. God didn't give you a talent to do anything with it but serve Him, to glorify Him, to praise Him. It is a shame, it is a shame uh, you, 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 you see from time to time these who have talents in whatever aspect, whether it's athletics or, or you hear some uh, who sing for, for this world and they say, well, I'm going to thank God for giving me this talent and ability. He didn't give you that talent and ability uh, for this world. It would be better for you not to thank him. I know that goes against the conventional thinking. Oh, did you hear, did you hear that? And, and, uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, he used his talents and ability for the Lord. Notice also... Uh, it says he was mighty in the scriptures. He studied the scriptures. He was a student of the scriptures. Friend, that's, that's something you and I, we ought, to, we ought to have it said of us. They're mighty in the scriptures. A student of the scriptures. Do not, and, 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 I, and I do study, and I, and, I, and I enjoy studying the word of God, but don't let me do your study for you. My responsibilities on Sunday morning is to have those Sunday school lessons in place just to get up here on Sunday morning and, and preach from what I've studied, what God's given me for His people Sunday night for me to come and give what I believe God wants for His people. Uh, but but don't, don't let that study replace your study. There ought to be something in that Sunday school lesson. Say, I, I don't know exactly what, what, I, what, the, what, what, what that means there. Or, or I, I'm, there's something to that that I want to know more about. Will you study it out? You, you, you figure it out on your own. If you, if you get stumped, come and ask me. I'll help you figure it out. But don't depend on your pastor for your study. Parents, don't, or as children, don't depend on your, your, your parents for all the knowledge you get from the Word of God. Learn to develop your study habits in the Scripture. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Well, I just cannot figure out what this is talking about. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit, the one who wrote it, to give you greater understanding of what he's talking about. There, there, there are things, and, and I didn't intend on getting, getting, getting stuck here, but there are things as I'm reading, I don't really have a grasp on it. I'll make a note of it, and then sometime down the line, I'll be reading another passage of Scripture that will shed light on that which I did not have a grasp of. But you've got to make a point to want to know what the Bible says and what the Bible is talking about. But he was a student of the Scriptures. 
Uh, look at verse 25. We, we see, thir- thirdly, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. See, Pastor, isn't that the same as a student of the, the Scriptures? No, it's not. The thir- third thing I noticed about this certain Jew was he, was, he heeded and held to his teachings. That which he was instructed, he kept. The Bible says he was, he, he was instructed in the way of the Lord, and here we find him speaking of the way of the Lord. Here we find him in the temple giving instruction. Uh, he was taught the ways of God, but he didn't turn from the ways of God. You follow me tonight? There's a lot who can say they were taught the ways of God, but have they kept the ways of God? I think it's a great testimony uh, sometimes we, we, we preach, and we have to preach like this. Hey, you young people, don't you turn from the ways you've been taught. You stay with it. Don't you reject the truths that you have been taught. You have the privilege of, of, of having a, a, a Christian home and, and a pastor and those that invest in you. And, and uh, we want to do that preventative preaching. And then every once in a while, God shines a light on some as an example of what not to be. But I want to say to those who have been instructed, and you're still here, good for you. To to, to God be the glory. You're to be commended for your faithfulness. It's one thing to say, I've been taught, but hang on to what you've been taught. And I find this a great trait in Apollos. He had the privilege of being instructed, and now he's using that instruction for the Lord. I do not find it a noble thing for somebody to grow up in an independent Baptist church, Bible-believing, have Sunday school teachers, have, young, have people invest in them, and leave the teaching that they have been taught. I don't find it a noble thing. And you and I must have a response. We have a responsibility, and we have a desire to hold to the teachings. He was instructed in the ways of the Lord. And parents, teach your children in the ways of the Lord. Have them in a place where they will be taught the ways of the Lord. It's the vital thing. We choose churches today. Now, you don't choose churches because of all the superficial things. You drive through mud holes to get into the church. But so many, they choose a church based on, you know, whether or not they're going to get free groceries or not. I don't know if that resonates with anybody out there, but whether or not they're going to, uh, what kind of programs do you have? I'm not against uh, programs, we have them. But the first question ought to be is, do you preach the Word of God? Is my, is my family going to be under the teaching of the Word of God? He was instructed in the ways of the Lord. He heeded to and held to his teachings. Number four, see how fast we're getting through this? I know some of you are thinking right now, well, if we only had four, we'd be almost done. Well, Sorry. He was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. He was zealous in the work of the Lord. He was fervent in spirit. He had to do something for God. He had to to teach. He had to instruct. What was in here, where there was an overflow of what God was doing inside of him, there was something that said, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do. Well, let me say that's a great trait of a Christian is to be fervent in spirit. 
We don't always feel this way. I preached a little bit about that this morning, uh, 100% of the time. But there ought to be something inside of us when we think about the fact that we're saved. We think about the fact uh, that, that we have the Word of God. We get to teach the Word of God. I get to have a relationship with my God. There ought to be something inside of us that says, man, I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to serve in some way, in some capacity. Not always, oh, I've been asked to do this again, or I have to do this again, or, or I've got to be a part of this. No, there ought to be something inside of us that's fervent of spirit, that's zealous and says, We've got to do more for God. This is a trait of his. This is a man of great example. Notice we also see he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. The fifth thing we see, I want us to notice tonight, he could defend his beliefs. I believe that's the context of that phrase right there. He taught diligently meaning he, he was instructing in that doctrine, instructing in the things that he believed. And, and the last point will even bear more light on this. But for you and I, it's more important. That's why I'm doing these studies on Wednesday night of the last day's theology. It's important for you and I to know what we believe and why we believe it. It's one thing to say, this is what I believe, and it's a whole completely thing to, to be able to defend that belief. To be, and, and you can't do it without Scripture. You can't do it without, with just feelings. You can't do it with just zeal. You've got to have the knowledge of the Scripture. That's why you've got to be in the Word of God. That's why I've got to be in the Word of God. That's why we've got to study. He was diligent in the things of the Lord to the point where he could defend his beliefs. He could defend what he was teaching. I want us to notice and see how fast we got to number six tonight. We'll be here a little bit. But notice the rest of that verse. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Now there's some, the first five traits I, I gave you, you remember them? They're pretty admirable qualities. Every one of them are qualities you and I ought to strive to have in our life. If it was said about me, if these things could be said about me, those first five things we mentioned, well, I, 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 would, I, I would find that a great compliment. If it was said about you as a Christian, you should take that as a great compliment. A student of the Scriptures, diligent in the Scriptures, zealous about doing the things of God. Wonderful, wonderful traits. But I will submit to you tonight, that is not why I believe we know of Apollos. You can turn to 1 Corinthians and we, we, can, we can read of Apollos. You can turn to the book of Titus, we read uh, about Apollos. Apollos was going to be used in a great way. God was, would use this man, Apollos. And I want to tell you tonight, it wasn't because he was eloquent in the Scriptures. I believe that, that he was this certain man, born of Alexandria, I believe what really set him apart. Now, the first five things I mentioned, that God records them for us. He wants us to know this about this man. Are you with me tonight? And if you and I could take those five traits and put them in our life, it would be a wonderful thing. Everybody with me? I want you to notice the last thing is found in verse 25, and it goes down into verse 26. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. 
And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly or more completely. I want you to notice the end of verse 25. He was diligent in the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Apollos believed that the Messiah was coming. That's what he was teaching. That's what he was preaching. You better not stick with the law. You better turn. You better watch for the Messiah because he had heard John the Baptist, that forerunner, preaching of the one that is coming, that the lamb that is coming, and you better be prepared. Apollos heard John the Baptist when he preached that, and Apollos got ready. Apollos said, I want to be ready for the Messiah, and he's preaching that there is a Messiah, the Messiah is coming, and you cannot depend on the law. You must look to him. You must believe on him. But he didn't have a social media account. He didn't have 24-hour news. He did not realize that Jesus was the risen Savior. Jesus was the Messiah. He is preaching, you can't depend on the law. He was absolutely right. He knew the law. And I, I, I happen to think, just from this little bit of Scripture, he got excited in his teaching and preaching. He was zealous about it. And he would argue, and he would debate, and he would hold the line. You can't depend on the Old Testament law. You can't depend on that to get you to heaven. You need the Messiah. You need the coming Savior. The Bible tells us that he had knowing only the baptism of John. He had heard John the Baptist, and he believed the Messiah is coming. Aquila and Priscilla... Hear this young man. They heard his eloquence. No doubt they sensed his sincere spirit. They saw that he knew the law. He knew the scripture. He was not preaching a false gospel. He was preaching, you better depend on the Messiah. But Aquila and Priscilla took him in and expound unto him the word of God more perfectly or completely. Now, if you think back to last week, you think back to the end of the chapter, who was it that God sent that way? That they worked together making tents. It was the Apostle Paul. Who did the Apostle Paul meet on the road to Damascus? He met the Lord Jesus Christ. He met the Messiah. He met the risen Savior. Can you imagine the conversations that those tent makers must have had as they listened to Paul talk about what he had seen and Paul talk about the things that he had heard and Paul as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ is fulfilling that commission in Acts 1-8 going and being a witness of everything that he had seen and heard and now we have this man who believed John the Baptist. He didn't reject like the other religious. He believed him. said, you better get ready for him. He's coming. And Aquila and Priscilla said, let me tell you something. He's already came. He's already been crucified. And he rose again and has ascended into heaven. Notice verse number 27. 
And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. Okay, he's leaving now, and a letter goes ahead to the disciples. Receive Apollos, who when he was come, helped them much, which he had believed through grace. What did he believe? For he mightily convinced the Jews in that publicly showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. When Aquila and Priscilla said, hey, he's come, he's risen. The Messiah has already come. And this man who knew the Scriptures, just like he believed John the Baptist, when John said, he's coming, you better prepare. When he heard that he had come, he believed that the Lord Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And now we find at the end of the chapter, he is still eloquent. He is still mighty in the Scriptures. He is still diligent in his teaching. But now it includes the fact, let me show you boy, how the Scriptures opened up when he knew that Jesus was the Christ. And he's preaching now that Jesus is the risen Messiah. You say, Pastor, that's wonderful, but what's the last point? Not only was he talented, not only did, was he a student of the Scriptures, not only was he, did he hold to his teachings and zealous for the Lord, he could defend his beliefs, but he was humble and always learning. This is why some Christians never get beyond where God uses them. Hey, it's wonderful that we read of Apollos in Acts chapter number 18, but you could also now go to the book of 1 Corinthians. You can go to Titus and read of Apollos, and God will use him. You find at the end of the chapter that now a letter goes ahead to the disciples. Uh, you re re receive him, and he was a great help there. He was a great blessing there. And now he's showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Why is it? Because he allowed himself to continue to grow. He allowed himself that there was something he did not know, and he allowed somebody who was more seasoned, who was older, to teach him and instruct him of something he was missing. He was not missing it out of rebellion. He was not missing it out of, he was just missing it out of ignorance. He did not realize that Jesus was the resurrected Savior, but he knew there was a resurrected Savior, and as soon as he was told it was Christ, now he's preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he was humble enough that even the, would you, I mean, I would contend with you tonight that he knew more Bible than Aquila and Priscilla. Anybody out there? He was more eloquent than Aquila and Priscilla. Could you imagine the conversations as Aquila and Priscilla began to talk to him? And Paul told us, He's on that road to Damascus. He saw the Lord Jesus. He saw the risen Savior. Paulus didn't get defensive. Now you know when somebody's insecure, they get very, very defensive. Very, very defensive. This is why some young Christians, you never grow beyond where you're serving today is because you won't let anybody help you. This is why some young parents, 
they end up making some grave mistakes with their children because they won't let their pastor help them. This is why some young couples struggle because they won't let themselves be helped by an older man, an older lady, uh, 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 some parents or a pastor because, uh, matter of fact, I, I know more about this than you know about it and, and I have this talent and ability that you don't have and, and I've been exposed to things that you have not been exposed to. Friend, you and I, we, it's great that we're mighty in the Scriptures. It's great that we've been taught some things. It's great that we have talents that we can use for the Lord. But you better remain humble. You better remain teachable so that you can be taught something you may not know. I spent a lot of time studying the Word of God. But I'd be a fool to stand up here tonight and say I've mastered this. To say that, that I have a grasp of everything in Scripture. I want to constantly be learning. I want to constantly know because I want to know the mind of God. I feel like I've got a lot of experience, ministry experience in, in pastoring, but I guarantee you there's something else that I can learn that'll help me become a better pastor. That's why you might want to listen to your pastor once in a while. Well, you're young enough to be my son. I still might know something. Why just doesn't make sense to me? And sometimes I have to say, me neither, but I, God keeps waking me up about it. Get it fixed so I can have some sleep. He was humble. He was teachable. If we ever get to the place where we're not teachable anymore, we're not humble anymore. There are some tonight, they are struggling they are not doing well spiritually. They're not doing well in their Christian life. And I can draw you, I can take you back to a place where they were given some instruction that would have helped them and they rejected it. Because they had a haughty spirit. Because they knew better. They knew more. Well, I can take you times in the past. Well, I've got all, I mean, I've got all this experience in business. I've got all this experience in counting it. What does, a, what, does a, what does a pastor know about this? Well, I know what God has instructed the pastor to do. I know about faith. Sometimes you ought to listen to that. But I don't ever want to get to a place where somebody can't say, you know, you ought to think about this. Well, it wasn't my, this is the way a lot of people, it wasn't my idea, so therefore I'm not going to do it. Don't treat spiritual advisors like your wife. She suggested it, so we're not doing it. And wives, don't treat them like your husband. He suggested it two years ago, and now it's your idea. Man, it's quiet from the men tonight. I don't, I don't understand. Let's remain teachable. Let's remain humble. I would submit to you tonight that there's a lot of great things about Apollos that you and I can know. You and I can say, that's a trait I'd like to have in my life. He was sincere as sincere could be. He was still looking what John preached about. John said, get ready. He's getting ready. He's getting everything in order. Matter of fact, he's telling everybody else, you better get ready. That law is not going to save you. Aquila and Priscilla, they heard him. 
and this refers back to my message on Aquila and Priscilla. They, they didn't sit there and criticize him. Critique him. I knew, I should have known. No, they tried to help. Yeah, here's a young man who probably had more talent than the ones trying to help him. He probably spent more time in study, was probably better educated, but yet he allowed, he allowed somebody to give him a pretty important piece of information. Don't let your pride keep you from growing. Don't let your pride keep somebody from helping your kids. Those of you that have teenagers or you're going to have teenagers, don't let your pride keep, keep you from letting somebody else help your child. Well, every teenager struggles. Every teenager goes through Am I going to do what's right? Am I going to do what's wrong? Am I going to give God my life or am I going to live for myself? I've approached it this way. I'm the pastor. I don't have to get the credit for somebody helping my kids get through. I just want them to get through. But I've seen times and I've seen instances with a young man, a young lady struggling and a youth director, a Sunday school teacher, a faithful man, a faithful lady try to invest in them and help them, and mom and dad get haughty because you think it's a reflection of your home, think it's a reflection of, of your insecurities. Let somebody else not just help you, but help your child. Let's have the spirit of helping, but let's don't ever get to a place where we think we know it all. It's a wonderful story. It's a good example. He didn't know it all. But he was wanted to know God so much that he let somebody help him. Let, 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 let somebody help you. Let your pastor help you. Boy, if you have somebody in church who willing to help you, instruct you, you know, I, t- I, I say this often, you know, new moms, they... They think they know everything about child rearing. Have a few. And you'll figure out. I mean, mine are old enough now. I apologize to my oldest all the time. We're sorry. You were practice. We about got it now. But don't be so haughty. Don't be so, that explains a lot to you, I know. Uh, Don't be so much where somebody can't help you with something. You know, there's couples in here who've celebrated 50 years recently. The Powell's celebrated 50 years. The Warden's Thursday, 50 years of marriage. You know, they might know something about staying married. In the warden's case, living in different states, that, is, that, is, that has helped. Uh, uh, they might know something. Hey, the whole point tonight, the whole message, let's stay humble. Don't ever walk in those church doors, and then very soon, I believe, walk in the other church doors where you walk in not needing what is there. I can tell you, I've on vacations, we've... Don't let this fool you. This is the third time I've closed it tonight. But 
we'll go to we'll pull into a church and and uh, not know anything about it, and it's easy to judge by the size and the location, and you walk in and how everybody is, and and well, how can these how can these people help me? But you know what's amazing thing when you go in with. Boy, I, I really need to get helped. How somebody who can't, who can, they drag those words out a little bit longer than everybody else, and and they, I'll, I'll use, I will use this as an illustration. We like going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and a few years back we were on a vacation. We were on vacation there. We went to church on a Sunday morning. It was one close to our cabin, and and we get all dressed and we get all in there, and and we sit towards the back and. And, and they don't really have a choir loft. It was one of those. Everybody, y'all come up. Whoever wants to come up and sing, come up and sing. But there was like 12 banjo players. Literally. Like tw- and I'm sitting there thinking, we might see them at Dollywood tomorrow. I mean, I, I, there, there's, 12, we're, there's 12 banjo players up there. And, uh, and others singing. All, but it, it, I, I had a great time during the song service. Had the old hymns and singing. And, and then uh, we get there and get, get up at preaching time, and the, and the pastor's not here. He's away preaching a homecoming. And this brother, uh, so-and-so, uh, he, he, uh, uh, he's, he got called to preach last Friday night. He's going to preach for us this morning. Brother, come on up. This, he looks, I think he was 19, 20 years old. He was scared out of his mind. He gets up there and he stammers and he stutters. Point number one was uh. Point number two was uh. Point number three, you get the point? Hey, I mean, it was just, and, and literally, all, all my family is sitting right there. You can ask them, and this is true. I think it was five or six minutes, and he was done. That is all that the Lord had put on his heart. And you know that the, the man who was in charge of the service, he didn't get up and say, you know, well, uh, let, let, let me, I, Lord's put something on my heart. Let me share something with you. He's like, well, thank you, brother. That was good. Let's all stand. Well, see, it took me longer to put my tie on than the message. But I preached the outline to you. Now, it was a great thought. It was a great point. And while I'm sitting there, the Holy Spirit of God said, let me teach you something. One, two, three. And you preachers know exactly what I'm talking about. Four, and there I stretch down this outline. I'm not giving him credit for it, but I'm putting down this, putting down this outline. Don't ever get to the place where you look at the instrument that God is using to instruct you and say, because of the instrument, there's nothing there for me to learn. God used a donkey. Don't look at the instrument. Hear the voice of God. Take the instruction. Father.